now at war. There are but two alternatives, total victory or total defeat. There can be no such thing as a military stalemate that would result in the survival of Hitlerism. That is the opinion of a man who knows. Douglas Miller, for 15 years commercial attaché to the American Embassy in Berlin. Presenting a radio series adapted from Mr. Miller's book, You Can't Do Business with Hitler, episode three. No American goods wanted. This is Douglas Miller speaking. December 9, 1941 will go down in history as a date on which Adolf Hitler declared war on the United States. History, in one sense, will be wrong. Actually, Adolf Hitler launched an undeclared war against us as early as 1934. Yes, I said 1934, seven years ago. This was not a shooting war, but the Nazis used every weapon at their command except shooting to destroy our government, divide our people, steal our military secrets, and cripple our standard of living. These weapons were sabotage, propaganda, the fifth column, espionage, and last but not least, the weapon of international trade. Nazi officials in Berlin were busy scheming to destroy America's prosperity. Now let's get down to the cases. The case of James Dennison, typical of thousands of others. Dennison was an American businessman who in 1937 was trying to sell the products of American labor to Germany and the rest of the world. One day he came to see me at my office in Berlin. Judge, I'm in a terrible jam and you have to help. Well, what's wrong? Well, I've been shipping tallow from New York and selling it to the Germans. I have a whole shipload of tallow at Hamburg, and the German authorities won't permit me to unload it. What? Not, for heaven's sake. Well, let me explain. You see, this is beef tallow. The Germans use beef tallow to make soap, but it could be used to make oleomargarine. Oh, I see. You've run into the Nazi regulation that forbids Germans to eat food grown in America. That's it. And even though my tallow is used for soap, the Nazis insist that since it's remotely possible that someone might use it to make oleomargarine, it must be called food. I tell you, Doug, this whole mess is driving me crazy. Haven't you a contract with the Nazis? Contract? You know what they think of a contract. Yes, the proverbial scrap of paper. Well, all I can do, Jim, is to get in touch with the Nazi party big bigs and try to talk them into giving you a break. In the meantime, you just sit tight. that point. But the tallow is to be made into soap. 
Defining it as food seems to me the thinnest kind of technicality and one with no other purpose than to evade your contract obligation. That remark is insulting, Herr Miller. But Mr. Jennison can't understand. No, I expect him to understand. He's mercenary and grasping, and he's spent solely upon making money. How can he understand ideals or ethics or sacred principles or what is most holy to the German people? However, ignorance is immaterial. The fellow will not be permitted in Germany, and that is final. I need hundreds of similar cases. Germany was out to dominate the trade markets of the world. All of her satellite neighbors and her military victims were to cooperate with the Nazis in not only refusing American goods, but also in driving America out of the other trade markets of the world. The Nazis preferred to see Germans do without rather than purchase our manufactured goods. This harsh regulation was very hard on many Germans. I recall one very pathetic example. A German friend of mine, a kindly, gentle old doctor, who had bought an American-made automobile before Hitler came to power and consequently before the restrictions were enforced. I called on my friend one day and discovered him working in his car. Oh, Herr Miller, I'm so glad you've come to see us. You are just the one to help us. Father, now you have nothing to worry about. Herr Miller's an American... And all Americans are experts with problems mechanically. Well, you flatter me, Colin. I think the trouble is in this, in this thing here, Herr Miller. Oh, the carburetor. Yeah, the carburetor. Hmm. Well, I'm afraid it's beyond repair, Doctor. You see this crack right across the face here? Hmm. Well, there must be some way to fix it. No, I'm sorry. The only thing you can do is to buy a new one. Buy a new one? But that... That is impossible. Oh, Father, does that mean we have to... Your, your, Karen, our automobile is useless to us now. Doctor, you mean you must junk a $1,000 car for lack of a $10 part? Yeah, American parts cannot be bought anywhere in Germany. The government forbids importing American parts. And nowhere else can I get the right kind of... Uh, what do you call it? The carburetor? If you know how we saved our money to buy an automobile, tell me a so that the head doctor could be able to call an office patient. And I've had it only a year. Father, perhaps if you talk to the party leader... I, I already know what he will say, that I am unpatriotic. Then because I can't use the automobile, he would take it from me for scrap hair, Miller. Imagine. Scrap? Yeah, to make bombs and cannons. Father, how will you be able to call now on all your patients? You have so many. Oh, I don't know. Seems Hitler... Everything is in good Papa, be careful. This automobile, Herr Miller, what a fine useful thing it is you Americans have made. Useful to a doctor and useful to the patient who waits for the doctor. When delay means suffering and haste means healing. The talk, scrap. To make something like this now into things to kill me. Uh, I've lived too long, Herr Miller. Times like these are not for me.
representative of the Ministry of Economic Time must tell you that you have been misinformed. Our regulations do not forbid Americans from setting automobile parts in Germany. But none have been sold since Hitler came to power. Yeah, that's true. And Germans owning American-made cars now find it impossible to obtain parts. Most regrettable. Well, why then don't the American manufacturers take advantage of their opportunity to sell parts here? Well, because they refuse to agree to the terms we offer. That's why I have it up. Oh, I see. Well, may I ask what the terms are? Well, we can't offer cash, of course. Mm. Uh, but I'm sure our manufacturers would accept a reasonable barter deal. On the contrary, we offer them barter very few. We will buy $100,000 worth of automobile parts for $100,000 worth of German goods. Yes. Yes, in addition, they will buy an extra $1 million worth of goods and pay for them in cash. Do you call that reasonable? Asking them to invest $1 million cash merely to sell $100,000 worth of goods? Tell me that. We feel it is a privilege for foreigners to do business here, no matter what the terms. But these terms are so preposterous, Herr Kudreiter. If I may say so, they seem to me as merely one way of saying that you won't take our manufactured goods under any circumstances. You may interpret the terms any way you like, Herr Miller. But since you refuse our terms, I feel terribly sorry for the poor Germans who will now be unable to obtain parts for their American automobiles. Perhaps in the future, the fools will know enough to buy German products. American businessmen learned that except for certain war materials, neither the Nazis nor the helpless victims of the new order would buy products made in the United States. Now, I've been trying to show to what length the Nazis carried their trade war against America to show they would never buy our surplus food nor our surplus manufactured goods. Nazi propagandists have proven this very same point, not by intent, but because of a blunder. On a certain day in March 1941, in the New York offices of the German-American Commerce Bulletin, located at number 10 East 40th Street, one of the editors was glancing over the most recently published copy of the magazine when... Ah, God! I know, but it is the one I told you not 
to sleep on him. Right. Yes, Norman, right. <clears throat> All the Germans wish to do is to make ourselves independent of the outside world in the domains of foodstuffs and industrial materials. All other products... Uh, here! Now, do you see what you have done? On page three, we tell the Americans Germany wants their cups and wheat and lard and meat and food and finished products. And on page 12, we tell them just the opposite, that we don't want their foodstuffs and manufactured food. Ah, you fool! Oh, but that article by Eric Neumann, Secretary of State in the German Ministry of Economics. He tells how he plans to take the American trade market away from them. Ooh. It's true. Why? We are not supposed to tell the truth. But Eric Neumann is our high official. But he wrote that article for Germans to read, not for Americans. I told you that to me. But I thought... You are, you are, first of me. We are not supposed to. We are only to obey. <laughs>